0: Next on BYU Sports Nation. And just like that, BYU to the American Athletic Conference is a non-story. Or is there still some meat left on that bone? Chris
1: Vanini of The Athletic joins us. What does he think makes BYU more attractive for P5 inclusion? Joining a conference or staying independent? Plus, which former BYU
0: basketballer has the best chance of making an NBA roster next season? Wyatt might
2: not be Jimmer. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. Monday, Monday,
0: BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hope you're enjoying your July 1st. It's already July. Believe it. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Father of the Year nominee after 15 hours of NBA
1: free agency watching yesterday, Jason Shepard. Look, yesterday is one of my favorite days. The, the start of NBA free agency, like the, the NBA in terms of leagues is my favorite league. The off season is just as entertaining as the actual season. And the NBA free agency this year was insane, and I'm glued to it every year. But yesterday – because they moved it. It had been at, like, midnight Eastern time. They move it to 6 p.m. Eastern time. Steal the prime time. Yeah, so you get more coverage during the day, and you're awake, which, you know, is a a bonus. (laughs) So I get home from church at 2. My plan – was to maybe get a nap in before free agency started here in the mountain time zone at 4. But as most people that followed it, it started so early and there were deals coming out and there were reports I literally from the time I got home from church at 2 and sat down at about 2:30, I I didn't stop watching it until I went to bed at 11:30. Straight. There were bathroom breaks and there were food breaks. Audrey, Daddy's going to need some more popcorn. <laughs> Uh, grab me another Look, Dr. Pepper. I'm not proud of it or I'm extremely proud of it <laughs> that it was straight. Like 2:30 to 11:30. I was in front of the TV soaking it all in. Everybody needs you a judge, guilty pleasure. It was a good day or a bad day for me.
0: <laughs> Bo, I don't have time right now. I got to find out if Kevin Durant's actually going to Brooklyn. <laughs>
1: Luckily that was announced fairly early so <laughs>
0: Oh, I kid. But but seriously, everyone needs a guilty pleasure, man. It's it's all good. Thank you. It's, Thank you. We talk sports, right? That's what we it was preparation for today. Exactly. on BYU sports because Nation. we're not going to talk about NBA free agency <laughs> at all after this. So clearly it was preparation. Here is today's show lineup. College football insider Chris Benini. Ryder from The Athletic will join us. Why he thinks independence, Jason, is the best route for BYU right Ooh. now. A differing opinion for a change. Plus, what's the chance the BYU Sports Nation karma reaches another World Cup final? Because the Croatian men did so why not in the Women's World Cup as well? Don't ever
1: underestimate the power of the karma.
0: Also believe that. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Jimmer Fredette, heard of him? His Golden State Warriors face Eric Mika and the Sacramento Kings tonight in the first day of the California Classic in the NBA Summer League. Fredette joins the Warriors after a short stint with the Phoenix Suns where he averaged just under four points in six games. Mika last played with Mehdi Beiruth in Germany where he averaged 12 points and six rebounds a contest. The NBA Summer League for these teams tips
1: at 11 Eastern taking place in Sacramento. Are you going to be watching that tonight? Uh, I will be watching it on my way back, because you can watch it on NBA TV. Uh, We're going to the Jazz Summer League tonight, my son and I, so we'll probably be watching that on the train home. Okay, so you're making up for what happened yesterday by taking him to a game tonight. Sure. I like what you're doing. Exactly. (laughs) Matt Bushman is ranked the number 17 tight end in the nation going into the 2019 season. This, according to Pete Futak of College Football News, Matt Wilcox of South Florida is the only BYU opponent Opponent ranked higher than Bushman, coming in at number nine. Now, Bushman led the team in receiving last year with 511 yards and two touchdowns.
0: Ben Patch led the United States men's volleyball team with 16 points in a win over Iran at the FIVB Men's Volleyball Nations League. Jake Langlois, another Cougar, put up 10 points. The United States will host the final six of the competition on the
1: 10th through the 14th of this month in chic chicago yes and daniel summerhays finished in sixth place at 12 under at the utah championship this weekend zach blair finished tied for 11th at 10 under par all rise and shout it's time for what's trending
2: you're talking about it and so are we it's what's trending on byu sports nation
0: We spoke with Mike Oresco, the commissioner of the American Athletic Conference, last Friday, and he gave us some very juicy bits of knowledge. (laughs) One being that BYU and the American have had no contact as of last Friday. But then he also brought up the point that He believes the American is the next power conference, which is why they have the P6 stickers on helmets and they sport the P6 logo at their media day every year. He feels like there's a backdoor in to the Power 5 money because of what they're doing on the field and on the basketball court. So, Jason, that prompted this question. Is BYU's best bet at joining a Power 5 conference Going through the AAC and hoping that the Power Five then becomes a Power Six? Or should they stay independent and hope for an invite into one of the original five? Look, the,
1: the truth is, I don't know. As we sit here today, I can make a case for both scenarios being the best route for BYU for P5 inclusion. I, I guess if I have to make a decision today, I would lean towards staying independent. What is the one thing that will get P5 conferences attention in terms of, hey, maybe maybe we'd be interested in them? It's winning games. It's winning big games. It's getting on the radar nationally and forcing the hand of the P5 conferences to join you. With the way BYU's scheduling right now, winning with that type of schedule – Probably makes a bigger splash nationally than winning in the AAC. But what if BYU went to a New Year's Six bowl game as a Look, member of the AAC? That's why I'm saying you can certainly make the case either way. I understand that. But I but in terms of what BYU has now, they have this schedule. So if you can find a way to win with these schedules, that makes that big splash nationally that teams are looking for. Look, BYU knows the landscape of college athletics. They're, They're paid to know where the trends are going. If BYU felt that it was in their best interest for P5 inclusion, which we know is the end goal, knowing the trends and the the behind-the-scenes stuff that that they're aware of that we are not, if they felt that going to a conference would get them in a better position, they would do it. The fact that they haven't leads me to believe they believe independence is the best route. So for right now, I'm going to say staying independent. Okay, clearly winning breeds attention,
0: yes. When BYU wins a big game, especially early in the season in Independence, inevitably... They get a ton of attention from ESPN and ABC and from the college football insiders. Just see what BYU did against Texas twice and what they did against Nebraska with the Hail Mary and then what happened against Boise State the next week with another Hail Mary. They're 2-0. They're ranked. They're going to UCLA. They're the college football darling. And then BYU beats Wisconsin last year. What happens? The Cougars get ranked 20th. We see this almost every year. Yep. Win a big game early and you're on the national radar. Now, the problem is sustaining it. So, yes, winning... Breeds national attention, but here's why BYU doesn't have to worry about that as much as we might think. Because conferences care most about money and eyeballs and television ratings and the ability to generate more revenue because you have a national fan base. BYU's resume, for the most part, is largely out there. You think these conferences don't know what they're getting with BYU? Because BYU fans are as loyal as they come. Albeit a bit crazy, but as loyal as they come, they will watch whether BYU is four and nine or eleven and two. It doesn't matter. At, go back to 2017. Were people still watching the games, hoping that BYU would beat UNLV? Oh, you've got to win in Las Vegas, Lavelle Edwards Stadium, South. BYU had won two games to that point. They went down and they beat UNLV. And I remember watching 10,000 BYU fans celebrate that win. When the Cougars had two victories going into that contest like it was a bowl game victory. Look, even if you're angry watching, you're watching. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're still watching. BYU fans will watch regardless, and Power 5 conferences know that. It is, are the Cougars and their athletic programs enough of a financial asset yes. to invite them into a conference? Sure, winning would be the cherry on top, and it would make it look pretty but you already know what you're going to get with BYU and their fan base and everything that goes along with it. And for that matter, the things that make them hard to invite to a Power 5 conference. So I don't think that BYU, and when have we ever known them, to do something drastic on a whim, especially with a football in mind, where it's like, oh, no, 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 make a quick decision, let's do something rash, and then uh, we'll, uh, we'll see how it works out.
1: And it's not BYU style. It's exactly the opposite. Well, And, here, and here's the other part of this. And I kind of relate this to somebody that had like a nine-to-five job and then ended up leaving that job to go to a job where they were their own boss and can make their own hours. The flexibility, it's like it's freeing. And one of the things BYU has the ability to do now is they're more in – well, they're in total control of their brand, the schedule, all those other things. And and that is a very enticing thing to have that type of control over your own product. And, again, I, I just still go back to this. BYU is not going to make a decision that they feel puts them in a worse situation. If they feel going to a conference is going to put them in a better situation, that's what they're going to do. If they don't feel it's going to put them in a better situation, they're staying independent. How can I put this clearly? The chances of the American
0: Athletic Conference being granted – power access and this becoming a power six conversation are about as likely as Jimmer Fredette leading the golden state warriors and scoring this season. Can I be more direct than that? It's so not, it's, 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 it's not going to happen. It's happening then. No. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's not going to be a power six. It's just not. Why would they give up money and control and power? When has that ever been a trend in this world that we're living in? <laughs> Good luck. Here, we have lots of money. You know what? You can just have some. Maybe we should just spread the wealth because that's what we want to do in our society. No, it's not becoming a Power Six. BYU's best bet to join a Power Five conference is to win as much as they can, and then they know what they're getting into in 2024. Now, the American will still be there too, Jason. Yes.
1: A Group of Five conference will still be there. Yep. If they don't get an invite in the next round, it's still there. It's like, yes, it's like, uh, it's like all these players back to the NBA Summer League. You know, Europe is going to be there for all the, you know, for Jimmer, for, which is exactly what I said last week. Yes, for Elijah Bryant. They have opportunities. Now, the dream is the NBA, and that's what you're hoping for. If it doesn't happen, though, you have other options. Okay, so with power six in mind, what should we do now? Yeah. Look, on to topic number two, the inevitable question and maybe the biggest question of them all was whether or not there's actually been contact between BYU and the American Athletic Conference. That was brought up in the interview with Commissioner Mike Oresco. He left no room for interpretation in his response. He said there has been no communication from BYU to the American. He said zero. With that in mind, is BYU joining the AAC even a story anymore?
0: Probably not. I mean, I I think there's still a little bit of something there until we find out what the American Athletic Conference decides to do. And Oresco told us that they hope to have this figured out in the next three weeks. But again, when he said three weeks, I'm like, three-week timeline, BYU, there's been no contact, (laughs) next. What are we doing still talking about this? But the interest will remain for BYU until we find out. Because that's how we are until that curiosity is satisfied and we know if the AAC is seeing at 11 teams or if somebody else is coming in or if maybe BYU is persuaded in with this unbelievable package deal. But that's not going to happen because the American's not reaching out. Right. And BYU has not reached out to the AAC.
1: Yeah, he, he said, we're not making phone calls. Like, if somebody wants to join, they can call us. <laughs> so, the American... If they're not going to show interest,
0: and BYU's in no hurry to join a conference right now, given their independent schedules that are lined up already and everything that goes along with that, then why are we talking about
1: this? Look, it it will always be a story to a certain extent. As long as there's an, an option out there, it will always be a story. Look, when stuff like this happens, whose name comes up? It's BYU. It, it will always be there to a certain extent. And, and I said this before, because of all the G5 conferences, the Americans, the one that makes the most sense in this respect to me, their aggressiveness in fighting for P5 inclusion. Sure, sure. Uh, in terms of now, I understand geographically there, you know, everyone like rolls their eyes like they're all on the East Coast, you know, and you have some somewhat in the Midwest. But. Look, in terms of the teams involved, I think it makes some sense uh, in terms of like the caliber of some of the teams more than in the other conferences. But but look, in, in terms of right now, hearing Oresco say emphatically that BYU has not contacted the American means it's not really a story for right now. I love the passive-aggressive play, though, by a very witty and
0: smart commissioner of course to talk to byu sports nation and other media members in this specific market because there is interest the american is interested in byu they've always been interested in byu this goes back to when we talked to the commissioner back in 2013 and 2014 miami beach bowl and all of that stuff when there was a relationship there He talks about his relationship with President Worthen at BYU and longstanding relationship with Tom Holmo. Yeah. He laid out, he name dropped for five minutes about (laughs) all of the contacts he has with BYU. And to me, that was, yes, we're interested, but I'm not going to contact you directly. So if you are interested, then you can call me. But right now, two stubborn sides, it's not going to happen. So it's probably a non story. But we'll all still pay attention because it's July 1st, and we want to know what happens. (laughs) Quench the curiosity, people. Until then, yeah, it's it's a story. It just is. Hey, give us a fun week. (laughs) Speaking of fun week, tonight... BYU basketball will be represented on two sides of an NBA Summer League game. Jimmer Fredette and Eric Mika playing for their respective squads, Golden State and Sacramento in Sacramento. Our question of the day, which Cougar has the best chance to make an NBA roster next season? Now, before most of you say, it's Jimmer Fredette and it's not close. Given what the Warriors did in free agency and with Kevin Durant leaving to Brooklyn... Now, things get a little bit more
1: difficult for Jimmer to make the roster in maybe, Golden State. Maybe not. Because the latest rumor today is that the Golden State Warriors certainly did not want to lose Kevin Durant for nothing. No, and if he's on the roster, no. then they need more cheap help. But, but no, like Jimmer. But what I'm saying is they bring in D'Angelo Russell because they get an asset. The rumor today is the likelihood that they keep him is slim. They wanted an asset so that they could trade and get something back. Okay. Okay. So more maybe, of this coming up. Clearly they're trying to find a spot for Jimmer. Okay. That's it, probably not why they did. Is Jimmer
0: the best chance for a BYU basketball player to get in to the NBA this season? We will discuss that more in about 15 minutes. We want to know your opinions on the matter and go to Voice of the Nation.
2: This is The Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation.
0: At Twiggy or Stone in on Twitter. With the Golden State Warriors signing Thompson and acquiring Russell, I think it is going to be tough for Jimmer to make that roster. Mika has size, and if he can shoot well, he just might find a spot for himself. Is Eric Mika the best chance that BYU has of getting a guy into the NBA this season?
1: For real? Mm, Well... It's something we will discuss <laughs> coming up, <laughs> which has the better chance of making an NBA roster. And don't forget about Elijah Bryant.
0: That's right, with the Bucks, With the Milwaukee Bucks. But first, Chris Vanini of The Athletic joins us, national college football writer. Can he see the AAC ever becoming a power conference and pushing the college football world to a P6 scenario?
2: This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
1: On the latest BYU Sports Nation right now, it's the best of BYU photo. There's some gems, but what's going on with some of the Cosmo picks? Check it out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube.
0: Happy July, everyone, live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jason Shepard. We welcome in on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline now, rider from The Athletic, Chris Vanini, covering college football specifically with us today. Chris, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, Chris, it is July 1st, and here we are yet again talking about teams moving conferences, specifically UConn, leaving the American to go back to the Big East in all sports but football. And now a team like BYU is all of a sudden in the conversation again. What do you think about talking about potential conference realignment in July of 2019 and not further down the road when all these TV contracts come up?
3: Right. I mean, like, Five, six years from now is when we expected to have more realignment talk when a lot of these Power 5 TV contracts come up. But when it comes to UConn, I, I can't say I was really surprised. There had been rumblings for quite a while that UConn wasn't happy. They came out publicly upset with the TV deal that the, the conference announced in the spring. Uh, so there was a lot of tension going on. And when, when the news finally happened, it was more like, all right, that, that kind of makes sense. Whether this is going to kick off a, a mini round of, of realignment. I'm, I'm not thinking that's the case, but, you know, uh, anything's possible, and, and UConn is a big enough name that that is certainly drawing a lot of attention right now.
0: Why was UConn upset about that TV deal? Because from what we understand, the Athletic is feeling pretty good about 7 or $8 million per team moving forward.
3: Yeah, it, it wasn't a money thing. It was, uh, it was about basketball, really, uh, men's and women's. Basketball plays a lot of games on SNY, a a local station up in the Northeast. And this deal put all of those games on ESPN, ESPN Plus. You know, that stuff behind the paywall was a real sticking point for a lot of UConn fans. And uh, Mike Resco was saying that there was talk about sublicensing some of those games to SNY. Um, He was saying, but he was saying ESPN, ESPN Plus is still going to be and that positive, but UConn was not happy about that. They, they said that publicly. And in the end, they decided to make a, a move that was really all about, uh, I mean, at least primarily driven by basketball.
1: Chris, whenever there is mention of conference realignment or maybe there's a spot open in another conference, BYU's name inevitably is brought up. One of the biggest reasons, obviously, is because football is currently independent. Hypothetically speaking, who would get more out of an American-BYU partnership, the conference themselves or the BYU Cougars?
3: I think it depends on the year, but overall I think the American would probably get more out of it. It would, it would, it would extend the conference's reach out west into another time zones away so they could get some later kickoffs as well. Uh, it, would, it would bring, obviously, BYU is an incredibly large fan base. It would bring all of that into the league, it's it's kind of what Navy has done. And and I was talking to some Navy folks last week, and and they have really much liked joining the American because it it, it brings more attention from the conference onto Navy. But BYU is in a position where uh, it's obviously a a national brand, a a strong history, that I think the American would get more out of it than BYU. But I don't think it's a zero-sum game. I, I think there would be benefits for BYU as well.
0: The Athletics' Chris Vanini, with us on BYU Sports Nation. We've been asking a number of your professional riding colleagues about uh, whether or not BYU can get more attention, if you will, from the nation by staying independent and winning big games against these big-name teams. They seemingly play week after week, especially this season, or... If they go to the American and, let's say, one time in the next five years, they win the conference and position themselves to potentially be in a New Year's Six bowl game, what's going to get BYU more attention as far as the nation is considered?
3: Well, this is kind of what I was was, was alluding to before. I, I, and I, I look at Navy, and, and Kenny Machalolo from Navy told me uh, last week, he said, you know, when, when we were an independent, the only people who cared about our game were, were our fans and whoever we were playing. And it, week to week it changed. But ever since they joined the American, you've got Houston fans who are interested in Navy. You've got Memphis fans, UCF fans. Everybody's paying attention to Navy. And I, I think BYU would get more attention that way cause, because when you have those big games as an independent, um, it certainly brings a lot of attention. But week to week, you don't necessarily have team, fans, outside fans, following what you're doing Every week, and, and and seeing where you are, and continuing to pay attention to you, and, and if BYU were to join a conference, they would get more attention from outside of their fan base on the league or on the team.
1: For those not in a P5 conference, you're always talking about how do we get into a P5 conference? How do we become part of that? The other option is that a G5 conference somehow. Makes it as a P five conference and makes it a P six conference. That's something that Mike Oresco talks a lot about. Really believes that the American is poised to be that P six conference. How likely do you think that is?
3: Not, not very. I mean, I understand why Mike pushed it. I think it's. I think it has helped the the brand of the league. I think it's helped even more that the teams have won and, and gotten to those New Year's six games. And won them but you're not a p6 until you get a, an automatic birth into a new year six bowl from your league specifically and the, the, the college football playoff contract runs until 2026 unless they decide to change it and expand it um but but outside of that uh it's hard to see that happening right now i mean the americans new tv deal is far and away better than the other group of five tv deals that's it, at average of $7 million a year, but it's still well below the power five league. So it's kind of in the American to me is kind of in a middle tier between the power five and the rest of the group five, which is not a bad spot to be. It's been a very successful league since it started in 2013. Uh, But getting to an official P six doesn't happen until you get an automatic berth, And that's, far down the
0: road. Chris Vanini, college football insider for the athletic with us on BYU sports nation. In your professional opinion, Chris, does BYU find itself in a better position to get an invite to a power five conference by remaining independent and helping things get crazy in five or six years again, when those TV deals start to get renegotiated or is it in their best interest to join a conference, whether it be the American or another G5 conference, try and make a splash and then hope that uh, in the chaos in five years, or what we assume will be chaos, that maybe they get picked up then?
3: it's uh, That's a tough call. I mean, I, I think on one hand you're right. If they join the American and start dominating the league, that'll certainly help their chances of moving up. But if they go and they're – in the middle of the pack or they're contending every year maybe not if you're an independent i think you've got a little bit more uh cachet and and i you know you won't have an exit fee it'll be a lot less messy if you decide to join so it's it's a bit of a risk i think if they do something like joining the american if the end goal is to get to power five uh i think staying independent where they are is maybe the safer call
1: Mike Resco was very quick to say, you know, everyone thinks we have to add a 12th member to the American. It's like we don't necessarily look at it that way. If that's the way it works out, great, but we're perfectly fine staying at 11 teams. What do you think happens with the American? Do you think they stay at 11, or do you think when it's all said and done, a 12th team is added to the conference?
3: Well, I think more than anything, this is going to come down to what they do – Football-wise, can, can another team help or at least keep the status quo of the football television deal? I think BYU would help it. I think not many other teams would. That's one reason. If you go to 12, you're going to dilute the, the amount of money spread out to everybody because you're probably going to lower that deal because ESPN is expected to kind of renegotiate a little bit. It's not expected to tweak very much, uh, but it is expected to change a little bit. And I, I don't think they add a 12 team unless it's somebody who is going to increase that television deal for everybody else.
0: Chris, I know you're a sports enthusiast that covers a ton of things. Um, I'm a Baltimore Orioles fan, so can you say something to speak peace to my mind about the future of the Baltimore Orioles?
3: <laughs> I, I, You know what? I'm not following baseball very much right now. I, can't, I, I cannot speak much of the Orioles. I am a, I am from Detroit. I'm a Detroit Tiger fan, and we are in an equally uh, terrible <laughs> Equally terrible position right now with a lot of Miguel Cabrera contracts still to go. So uh, I, I know the feeling. All right,
0: man. Hang tough. It's going to be okay. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Thanks, Chris, so much for the time.
3: All right. Thanks for having me.
0: Chris Vanini on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial
1: future. How about that? He says stay independent for a change. And I love how you're trying to find some sort of solace for your Baltimore (laughs) Orioles. It's so bad.
0: It's so bad right now. That said, Jason, for the first time in Major League Baseball history, the Orioles pulled off something that has never been done in all of the thousands of games played. They won back to back games by a score of 13 to nothing against a winning team in the Cleveland Indians. 13 to nothing back to back. That has never been done ever. Back to back in Major League Baseball history. Well, good for you. This horrible Orioles team did that. <laughs> and that's why we play the games. That's why you play the games. That's why you play the game. You never know. The only true reality television people <laughs> cannot predict it. <laughs> Betting is wrong.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love okay. the fact that you're a Baltimore Orioles fan <laughs> and a Cincinnati Bengals fan. Yo. What other teams that don't win can you support? <laughs> <laughs>
0: You gotta stay true, man. You gotta (laughs) stay true. Also, what's
1: your thing with orange?
0: I don't know. It it just happens to be that orange and black are the colors of those two teams. Okay. No relation. It just that just worked out. Coming up, what's the chance? BYU Sports Nation's honorary World Cup team and actual team face off in the finals. Oh wow. Plus Hmm? Jimmer, Eric Mika, or Elijah Bryant. Which Cougar has the best chance of making an NBA roster? It's maybe not as simple as you might think. This is BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Monday, July 1st. It is almost football time, Jason. We're in the second half of the year, officially. BYU football opens training camp this month. Yes, it is a good day. It's a good day. Let's keep it rolling with that good mojo and show you two or part two of today's BYUSN headlines. Jimmer Fredette and the Golden State Warriors tip off against Eric Mika and the Sacramento Kings tonight. I wish this were the NBA regular season, but it's not. (laughs) It's the first day of the California Classic in the NBA Summer League. Fredette with the Warriors after six games with the Phoenix Suns where he averaged just under four points a contest. Mika... Playing with Medi Beirut in Germany, averaged 12 points, 6 rebounds a game. This NBA Summer League contest tips at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 Pacific, and will be held in Sacramento. You
1: know the interesting part about the California Classic is supposed to have all of the California teams? Clippers didn't play in it. They have the Miami Heat. That makes perfect sense. (laughs) Exactly. Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Matt Bushman is ranked the number 17 tight end in the nation going into the 2019 season. That, according to Pete Futak of Collins Football News, Matt Wilcox of South Florida is the only BYU opponent ranked higher than Bushman, coming in at number 9. Now, Bushman led the BYU Cougars in receiving last year with 511 yards and two touchdowns.
0: Ben Patch, shout out to BYU Volleyball, who is working hard for USA Men's Volleyball. Scored 16 points in a win over Iran in the FIVB Men's Volleyball Nations League. Jake Langlois had 10 points. you're doing work at the national level. The United States will host the final six of the competition on the 10th through the 14th of July in Chicago. Good luck. Daniel
1: Summers, Hayes, finished in sixth place, 12-under, at the Utah Championship this weekend. Zach Blair finished high for 11th at 10-under par.
0: Jason, we know of now three different BYU players, formerly, On NBA Summer League teams, Jimmer Fredette with the Golden State Warriors, Eric Mika now with the Sacramento Kings, and Elijah Bryant playing with the Milwaukee Bucks Summer League roster. Which Cougar has the best chance to make an NBA roster is the question we're asking. And I know most of you are saying, well, it's not even close. It's Jimmer Fredette because he came back with the Phoenix Suns and because he's Jimmer. But are the Golden State Warriors and this current scenario – the best chance for a BYU guy to get back into the NBA, or does Eric Mika and Elijah Bryant, based on where they landed and the opportunities they have, and they're younger, have a better
1: shot to break in? What do you think? Uh, I, the reason that you immediately go to Jimmer is because that's the right answer for a lot of different reasons, and I'm, I'm not being funny like that. It's oh, it's because it's Jimmer. Of the three, I think he does have the the best opportunity to. First of all, he was the one that was most recently on an NBA roster. And obviously, we know he was waived by the by the Suns, allowing him the opportunity to go to to Golden State for all the reasons we talked about last week. I, I really do like the fit from a from a scheme perspective, from the system that they run. Um, but again, it, it boils down to him taking an opportunity. On an NBA roster, whether it's summerly or not, in in running with it, I think he has the best. I think he has the best chance because I think there there is a need with the players they've lost, and as I mentioned, you know, reports out today that, that D'Angelo Russell, who they're going to get in that sign and trade with Brooklyn for for signing Kevin Durant, that he may not be long for Golden State, that they may just be getting something back and then flipping him for some other assets. So I still think Jimmer has the best shot at because there's more roster spots available. When you look at Elijah Bryant with Milwaukee, Milwaukee with the exception of Malcolm Brogdon is bringing most everybody back, including a lot of their bench. So that's going to be tough to jump into. And in terms of Sacramento, just yesterday, they spent $150 million, and I know this because I watched it all day. (laughs) They spent... $82 $82 million on Harrison Barnes. They gave uh, Dwayne Dedman, a big man. Who? Uh, exactly. Uh, a fairly decent-sized contract. And they signed uh, Trevor Ariza, who's not necessarily a big, but he's you know can play a, the four. Old man they, Ariza. They, they brought him in as well. I, I, so I'm not sure that the, the roster spots are there for any of the other two. So I really do think it's
0: Jimmer. It's going to take something extraordinary for any of the three to make an NBA roster this season. Yes, it's Jimmer for dead. For a moment, I thought maybe it's Eric because of the Sacramento situation, and then yesterday happened. So they lock up that cast space, and there's just not much room for the Kings to bring on a guy like Eric Mika. He'd have to average like 20 and 10 in the NBA Summer League for them to even consider it. He would have to do something extraordinary. Elijah Bryant, yeah, I don't think it's him because of – the whole Malcolm Brogdon situation and the Bucks are on a
1: pretty good place. They like where they are. Yeah, they, they aren't losing guys. In fact, they they brought in Brooks' brother, twin brother, Robin, yesterday. So, uh, yeah, so they, they're they're kind of
0: set. Okay. So it looks like Jimmer Fredette has the best chance to make a roster. And it's not necessarily Golden State, although we asked Jimmer and he said, look, I'm going to do everything I can to try and impress them. I like their scheme. I like the idea. I like that they're interested in me, Clearly. But this is another opportunity for him to display, hopefully, his better version of himself after playing in China to all 30 NBA teams. Yeah, it's Jimmer for debt. Again, I hesitated for a moment because I thought maybe Eric Mika could sneak in with the Sacramento Kings and be like the 14th or 15th guy on that roster and be a go-between guy from the G League to the NBA. It's got to be Jimmer because of the namesake and because people are still showing interest in him. I, I thought after the Suns, if this doesn't get renewed, maybe he's just a China or Europe player for the rest of his career, and the Warriors are taking another shot.
1: So I think it's got to be him. All right, coming up, we play What's the Chance? That includes, by the way, a football stat of the day that should go well for the Cougars. And will
0: experience make a difference in the outcome of game number one against Utah for BYU football? What's that all about? Why are we bringing it up? 20 minutes left. We'll discuss next as BYU Sports Nation.
2: BYU Sports Nation is presented by The BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU
1: Sports Nation is on demand. You can watch it on BYUSN.com or the BYU TV app. You can listen on the BYU radio app or where podcasts are found. Welcome back with our question of the day.
0: Which BYU basketball alum has the best chance to make an NBA roster next season? We just gave you our opinions last segment. If you missed it, download the podcast to hear that entire conversation. Why I hesitated to answer with Jimmer. And why Eric Mika, until yesterday, Seemed like he was in a pretty good situation to potentially make a run at the Kings roster. At Colonel underscore James, 83 answers on Twitter. As much as I like Jimmer, I think Eric Mika has the best chance because one, you can never have enough big men. And two, he doesn't need the ball a lot to be effective. How much better of a basketball player is Eric Mika now that he has played across the pond in Italy and in Germany? He had a nice season with Mehdi Beirut. bounced back. He's, in good, he's probably in the best physical shape he's been in since
1: he went professional. Well, and one of the reasons he chose to leave BYU is because he wanted to immerse himself in that every day because he thought that was the best path for him to get to the NBA yeah. is, is to be a pro. Join the
0: conversation 24-7 on social media, hashtag BYUSN. Let's play What's the Chance?
2: BYU Sports Nation asks... What's
0: the chance? Presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. Let's have fun with numbers and percentages,
2: but we can't do that without our resident mathematician, Ben Bagley.
0: Ben, join us, won't you?
2: Yeah, we'll start where, where you guys were talking about, with Eric Mika, and putting numbers on your arguments. What's the chance that Eric Mika makes an NBA roster this season?
1: You want to go first, yeah, Jason? Yeah, I'll, I'll go first. I'll say 5%. I I think it's going to be very tough um, for for him to to make a roster right now. Um, yeah, I, I would say five percent. I mean, like getting if, if we're we're saying NBA roster, like on are we talking G League? Is that considered NBA? Not okay. a G League. Yeah, I just yeah I I would say five percent. I'll give him a chance because I mean to the. Uh, Colonel James, you know, is like, you can never have enough big men. That's true. And if you come in you have a strong showing, you never know. But I would say right now it's probably about 5%. I'd say it's slim. If Eric Mika wants to stay stateside and play in the G League, he can. Oh, absolutely.
0: Like, there will be an opportunity for him to play in the G League. So if that counted as the NBA, then I would say close to 100% if he wanted that. Yeah, absolutely. That's but why he can I want clarification. go to Europe and make a lot more money. And if he has a good NBA Summer League, he can increase his value to those European teams who absolutely will be watching. As far as making an NBA roster this season, after all the free agency madness yesterday and the money that's flying around, <sighs> coming back from Germany and trying to get into the NBA that way is going to be really hard. It's gonna be a long haul for Eric Mika back into the NBA through the G League if he wants to go that route. I'd say like two percent chance he makes an NBA roster this season. It just the numbers just don't work out right now unless he does something extraordinary in the summer league. And even then that might not land him on a roster. Yeah.
2: Next and, and no, the G League does not count as making an NBA roster. <laughs> Sorry, Jason. That's a no there. That's an obvious no. <laughs> number two, let's same to same topic. Different player. What's the chance Jimmer for debt makes the Warriors? Not an NBA roster, but the Warriors roster this season.
0: You take this one first. All right, I'm gonna go with Jimmer's number. It's way too high, but I want to do that. Thirty-two <laughs> percent. Okay? Jake, here's what it's gonna take. He's gotta make like three or four three pointers a game in the NBA Summer League and be a one eighty guy. Now, if you're not familiar with that term, A 180 shooter is 90% from the free-throw line, 50% from the field, and 40% from the three-point line, okay? If Jimmer Fredette is a 180 guy in the NBA Summer League with the Golden State Warriors, I give him a 32% chance (laughs) to make the Golden State roster this season. How do you like those numbers?
1: (laughs) I I quickly uh, looked to see if number 32 had been retired, uh, for Golden State. I'm still looking. It doesn't appear that it's there. Because <laughs> I was going to say, well, he can't have his number, you know, 32. Look, there, I was going to say 30%. But there's no chance I can be less positive about Jimmer than you. <laughs> so I will say 33% that he has a chance. Like, like it's, it's the most <laughs> intriguing. It's the most intriguing of the three because there is a need. He does fit a skill set that they like in players. Uh-huh. It's just whether or not it, it happens for him right now. You got to so make shots. I'll say
0: 33%. Through the blue goggles, Jimmer for dead is a 180 shooter. He's shooting 90% from the free throw line, 50% from the field, and 40% from the three-point line. Look,
1: and when you're opening up a new arena, you bring in Jimmer.
0: If he's going to make a splash, no pun intended, Splash Bro, then he's got to do something like that. Maybe not as crazy as 20 and 10 for Eric Mika, but like if he can do what we all think... And believe he can do and shoot the ball and make shots, then yeah, sure, why not? I, that, you think that would get the Golden State management attention if he was a 180 shooter? You Bob bet. Myers you paying bet. attention, yes. <laughs>
2: number three. All right, before we get to number three, I'm going to do something I've always wanted to do, which is throw to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation Stat of the Day. Today's stat, guys, BYU is tied for third nationally in returning starters in 2019 with 17 returnees. Wow. Keeping that in mind, I ask you this. What's the chance that that experience will make a difference in Game 1 versus Utah?
1: (sighs) That's a tough one. Look... Having experience is always a good thing. I I, I would imagine. I, I guess maybe you can't say hundred percent of the time, but I mean, I like the fact that you have that many returners coming back. It means they've been in that position before. So what's the chance it makes a difference? I'll say ninety percent. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It makes a
0: difference. I'm having a hard time coming up with a number as to how do you. I mean, how do you quantify? the percentage of a difference that it will make to have experience in this game.
1: Like I, I feel it's the point of this device <laughs> is to come up with a way to
0: 50% <laughs> Jason. I know
1: how much you love that answer. 50% what and a cop
0: that out. <laughs> 50% chance. It makes a difference. Yeah. It, it will make a difference again. I don't know how to quantify that per se, but I'll tell you this much. BYU fans No matter where I go, whether I'm in Nashville or I just got back from Las Vegas yesterday visiting some family down there, they all ask me the same thing. What kind of a shot does BYU really have against Utah? And I give them these three or four facts that are positive BYU. One, it's the opening game of the season. Mm -hmm. And traditionally, Utah has not performed well in the opening game of the season. And they bring their two best players back off of significant injuries there's something mental that needs to happen before those guys are all the way back in. they got to get tackled. They've they got to get back in the flow. And they're working with a new-ish offensive coordinator. It is an advantage that BYU gets to play Utah in game number one because the Utes are going to be really good this year. They are going to be really good, so I would rather BYU play them first than any other week of the year.
1: Look, okay? y- your percentage was in the 50s. Yes. You know what else is in the 50s? Oh, no. get oh, no. it. Countdown
2: to the Utes.
0: 59 days away. You We're know who in the 50s. Wore, you know who wore number 59 at BYU, Jason? Um, I do, actually. Kyle Whittingham. Well, well, well. BYU-Utah discussion 59 days away. Number 59, Kyle Whittingham, a linebacker at Brigham from 1978 to 1981 in some of those glory years.
2: (laughs) All right, next. And quickly, the last one, what's the chance the Netherlands will face off against the United States in the World Cup final?
1: Like, are we not going to mention that Ben has the top button buttoned? Are we going to go this entire show and not mention that? Is that an ode to – is ben that an honor y- of Jerem or what? Yeah, he's not
2: here. Someone's got a rep. <laughs> That's
1: not usually his look. So, wow. like, he usually doesn't have the top button, so this must be for Jerem. Uh, you know what? I'm not going to – like, I don't even know how the karma – does the karma, like, bounce off each other if they both have the karma? I want to see what happens. I, I do, too. So, I'm going to say 100%. I yes, want to see
0: it. 100%. Okay, the Netherlands into the semifinals for the first time ever. For the first time ever. Yep. So the karma's already been manifested for the Netherlands. Absolutely. We knew the United States was probably going to be in the Final Four. But now it just has to happen. And Germany, the world number two, was upset by Sweden. So the Netherlands now has to beat a team they probably should beat Sweden. They'll be in the final against the Americans. Karma collides. It has to happen now. It's inevitable. hundred <laughs> percent.
1: All right. Let's go. All right. Coming up, staying with the what's the chance scenario. What's the chance Carter Linehan is drafted by BYU Out of BYU in 2036.
0: Another Linehan, yes. And is BYU's Matt Bushman the highest ranked tight end that the Cougars will feature on their schedule this year? Or is it with one of the
2: opponents? This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation, presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing.
0: Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Shout out to today's
1: guest, Chris Vanini of The Athletic. The show on demand via the podcast and the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Around. Cougars in the NBA. Jimmer Fredette and the Golden State Warriors face Eric Mika. And the Sacramento Kings tonight in Sacramento for the first day of the California Classic. That's part of the NBA Summer League. The game tips off at 11 p.m. Eastern on NBA TV. Football.
0: Matt Bushman ranked the number 17 tight end in the nation going into the 2019 college football season. According to Pete Futek of College Football News,
1: BYU will face a top 10 tight end in South Florida. Volleyball. Ben Patch led USA Men's Volleyball with 16 points and a win over Iran in the FIVB Men's Volleyball Nations League. Jake, L- Jake Langlois, also a BYU Cougar, scored 10 points. Alexa Gray and Team Canada swept Croatia three sets to
0: none to advance at the FIVB Women's Challenger Cup. Alexa had 14 attacks, two blocks, and an ace.
1: Middle blocker Kennedy Eschenberg left for Italy over the weekend with USA Volleyball to compete in the World University Games. Good luck to Kennedy. Cougars in the PGA.
0: Daniel Summerhays finished in sixth place at 12-under at the Utah Championship this weekend. Zach Blair finished tied for 11th at 10-under par. Jason? Or I'm just going to keep it anyway. Just keep it. Okay. Today's rise and shadows outs For me, Jason, goes to Russell Grizz, at Grizzfather, BYU Superfan. He's in studio for almost every coach's show. He tweeted out a picture yesterday saying, Extremely blessed for the friends, all family to me I have. Troy Beagley, Bronco 25 on Twitter. You two are amazing. Laser Sheep, thanks for your visit. And Kalani Satake, I know your time is precious, so it meant so much that you came to visit Hashtag blessed and grateful. Hashtag emergency gallbladder surgery. I spoke with Russell last night. He says he's doing well and recovering. That that I love that. The power yeah, of cool. Twitter and social media to show up. Glad you're doing well, Russell.
1: Yeah, speaking of social media, I uh, saw Johnny Linehan's Instagram post yesterday and he always he posts uh, pictures of his of his kids and his son uh, is oh! quite the athlete and he posts this picture of his son Carter just making buckets. The best part about this is like there's no reaction. It's like I've been there done that. This is what <laughs> I do. I make buckets. <laughs> Love it.
0: Question of the day, which BYU basketballer has the best chance to make an NBA roster? next season our elite voice today the day presented by sundance mountain resort celebrating 50 years from at cl underscore living on twitter the karma is split between jimmer and mika and since the netherlands beat italy it means jimmer wins out what? Because Eric was oh, at yes. one point playing in yeah. Italy. Okay, I got it. I'm not sure Jim has a tie to the Netherlands, but whatever. That's that's really
1: convoluted. The conversation <laughs> continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and the Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. For Jason Shepard, father of the
0: year. I'm Spencer Linton. Shout out to Famika Anai, another number 59. We'll see you tomorrow for BYU Sports Nation. Go Cougs.